I really appreciate you taking some time for us today. Oh, definitely. It's my pleasure. All right. So I'll try not to take up more than about 15, 20 minutes of your time. <laughs> take up as much as you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, you say that now, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I have another interview at 10.05, so okay. that's, that's, my, that's my only deadline. Okay, that's not bad. Then we don't have yeah. to rush through it then, eh? <laughs> no, not at all. Excellent. SteinbeckOnline.com, the voice of our community. We're so thankful that you have a little time for us today. How was your Canada Day? I know it was a couple of days ago, but did you get a little bit of time to spend with friends and family? Uh, yeah, we did. It was uh, it was actually awesome because, um, you know, life is really crazy between um, festival dates and being home on the farm. And, uh, you know, we still put the crop in the ground this year and uh, lots of family members. And so it's just a, it's a pretty crazy crazy life that uh, goes on here um, on the hunter farm and so uh, yeah we did have a few a few moments to spend with the family so I took uh, took our family out to, to the pool and we just uh, enjoyed a good good meal on our front deck and just uh, just had, had a really chill time so it was it was really great playing music around all the festivals like you said and working so hard do you do you appreciate the time with family more now or have you always been very rooted in your family ways I mean, we're obviously a tight-knit group. Um, traveling with five brothers on the road, we um, we have no other choice than to be close. But, uh, no, we do really love each other. And so, I mean, that's always been something that's been so important to us. Um, but I think you nailed it on the head. When you're, when you're on the road as much as you are, um, it just creates um, that deep desire to, to spend time with your family when you can and when you're back at home, and it makes it that much um, more special. So, yeah, it definitely, um, I think, uh, distance creates uh it, it makes things i don't know makes you crave that a lot more so it's it's really really definitely part of part of our lives you talk about being on the road with your five brothers and yes no matter how even the closest families need a little time apart from one another is that a little bit more difficult when you guys are touring around um i mean it's it's kind of a it's this weird dichotomy because there's the side where um, we just love spending time with each other. We love working together. Um, we love hanging out. We're brothers. Um, but there does hit certain points when you're stacked on top of each other for, um, you know, in a tour bus for a period of time. I mean, we all are different. We all have our different personalities and everything. So we, we have our, our share of differences, but we try and um, roll with the motto that if those differences can make us stronger at the end of the day, um, then, then you embrace them and you, and you respect them as well. So, um, yeah, we have our moments for sure, but, um, you know, there's, uh, it's, it's just a tremendous honor to do it together. Well, uh, yeah, you, you've always been close with your brothers, Luke, JJ, Brock, Dusty, and of course yourself being Ty. Uh, I have to ask some questions. You got to give some inside intel on on your brothers because I mean, families have always <laughs> oh, got some stories. So you, oh, we have we have many. Yeah, you got to tell me which Hunter brother is the guiltiest of this. Okay, who is the loudest? Oh, me for sure. Yeah, I'm obnoxiously loud. Yeah. Who's the I'm messy? Sorry, it's not yeah. even it's not even close. No, no, and they would all say the same thing. I'm a, I'm like a foghorn. So, <laughs> who's the messiest? Um, probably me. Oh, dang! You're you're gonna hit me with all the hard ones right off the bat. Right? I am. I'm I'm a really I'm I'm concerned now because who has the okay, worst but, laugh? But, but here's here's the thing. Like when it comes to I'm gonna backtrack here on the whole messy thing. I'm actually really OCD about certain things. But when I get into my creative space. 
um, I think all of that OCD goes out the window for that those periods of time. I don't really know what happens, but when my artistic brain takes over, it's like everything goes everywhere and there's just not a lot of boundaries. But um, So it's kind of this weird hybrid. But um, the most obnoxious laugh, is that what you said? Yeah, who's got the worst laugh? Uh, the worst laugh? Yeah, or maybe um, most infectious. Who has the most infectious laugh? Um, I had, Luke's got a pretty infectious laugh. Yeah, he, uh, whenever he laughs in a room, you definitely know he's, he's there for sure. Is one of the brothers more of a complainer than the other? Um, I mean, nobody can handle if anybody complains too much. I feel like then you just get a kick in the butt from the brother beside you being like, smarten up, you know, because <laughs> everybody's got, there's, there's always stuff that you can complain about, but it's no fun to live there for very long, so um, I don't know. We try and keep the atmosphere as, pos- as positive as possible. Um, so I don't know if I have an answer for that one. Well, which of the Hunter brothers is best with the fans? Ooh. Man, this is hard coming from one brother, hey? Well, yeah. Um, well, if you want to say yourself, you totally can. I mean, you picked on yourself earlier. Maybe you should just throw yourself a bone here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the fans, I think... Um, What's, what's interesting about that is I would say there's a few of us that are more extroverted, but it totally depends um, what dimension, um, because I'm the front man, so I get to have a lot of contact with the fans. Um, but Luke, like, he's got a million-dollar smile. That's how we often, oftentimes reference him. And so, like, the ladies always want pictures with Luke at the end of the concerts. And um, I think everybody's got a little bit of a different uh, sect of people that they connect with. Um, so, yeah, but uh, Luke is definitely, he's got the million-dollar smile. You guys, uh, it seems like shows always get announced like relatively in quick succession for fans. I mean, when you follow on social media, it seems like every tour booking is announced at the same time. Do you ever look at your schedule and just kind of wonder, like, what did we get ourselves into? Well, I actually have it up on my laptop right now in front of me. And so um, it is a little bit crazy, the July and August schedule in particular this year. Um, I was just talking with uh, somebody the other day, and they said, yeah, I haven't seen a schedule quite like this with uh, the amount of fly dates. And so I think um, it's very exciting because it's one of our favorite times of the year. Being able to actually perform and do shows is where I think the rubber really meets the road um, because you actually get to, to meet your fans and those who are listening. So it comes full circle. So, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of experiences in life that top those moments, and each festival has its own unique quality. But I think um, the other side of it is you want to make sure that every show is um, putting your best foot forward. And so when you're flying around the country and you're not getting a lot of sleep, you know, there is that stress that comes with wanting to make sure that everybody is getting um, the best performance possible. And sometimes, you know, sickness can step in the way of that and whatnot. So that's the only thing that can be challenging in the midst of, um, in, a, in the midst of a really exciting and crazy ride in festival season. Are you a worrier? Like, do you are you sitting there thinking about like all the work that you have to put in through July and August, or do you just kind of take it as it comes, one day at a time? Um, I think I I typically try to take it as it comes. I definitely look ahead to the future, and so to say that I wouldn't worry would be a lie. But um, you know, there's definitely times that I do. Um, and like I said, sickness is the one thing that I always try and battle. So I like the, the essential oils and, you know, the, the vitamins and everything, they come along. But Luke, <laughs> talking of Luke, we were speaking of him, he's the type of guy that will see every possible worst case scenario, which is a good thing because he makes sure that, you know, everybody's taking their vitamins, everybody's healthy, everybody. So you, you have the, we, we definitely have that guy in the group to make sure that every angle is covered off too.
And I guess you guys keep each other accountable because it's really easy to just cave and go get junk food and not get enough sleep and, you know, and just kind of wear yourselves thin. Do you guys keep yourselves accountable that way? For sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes you use words. Um, I think there's um, the element of just being together on the road when you look at the person to the right and left of you. Um, you kind of have <laughs> just that natural accountability just because everybody's kind of living it out and trying to be disciplined and everything. So um, I think it's, it's one of those things that just kind of wears off as you spend time together. The Hunter Brothers have become uh, an amazing band, a very recognizable band across Canada. Uh, does playing in the prairies, though, mean a little bit more to you and the boys because it's, you know, people just like you, farmers and, and country boys that just work hard every day? Does it mean more performing for people in the prairies? Um, I think it depends on how you look at it. I, you know, when we did our Born and Raised concert in our parents' backyard and filmed the music video, I think that was a moment that stood out because it was basically as close to home as we could get. You know, our families, the people who invested in us growing up as kids were all a part of that music video. And, uh, you know, our town is 1,800 people, and there are about 1,200 people in that um, particular video and uh, who came out to enjoy that experience. And so there was something to be said about looking out at the faces that had really, like I said, invested in your life and uh, performing that song with them. So that's a moment that I don't think we'll ever forget because that gets as close to home as you possibly can. But I think when you're on the road, something else that's really neat is when you're in different um, spaces or different environments that are far away from home, there's all these connection points. And it's like with music, it's such a universal language that it triggers an experience or a story and, and you can relate with someone, whether it's not through farming, it might be through a different avenue that somebody speaks to and they put themselves in, in your lyric. And and I think that's really rewarding as well, almost, almost as much as um, playing um, for prairie crowds, just because um, I think it's really cool that everybody has their own unique story. And even when we released Born and Raised, that was something that I think really spoke to us a lot because everybody had their own unique stories so i don't know i think it's it's every every single concert has its own um unique quality that makes it really special well born and raised became kind of a national song because that got tied in with uh, team canada did it not it did yeah yeah and that was that was really really humbling for us um watching that all unfold um we were actually down for an early christmas in um, montana and uh, with all of our families, and that was um, being decided on. And so, um, yeah, it was it was a really really exciting time because um, you know Luke played on the under 17 team for Team Canada, and uh, you know it's just kind of one of those um, it's one of those staples in being being a Canadian, the the World Juniors. And so I think um, being hockey players, we definitely were um, humbled to be part of that. Sticking with the music, Born and Raised, and Those Were the Nights. They were your uh, highest charting hits until you hit number one with Lost. Where were you, and what was it like when you found out that Lost went to number one in Canada? (laughs) You know, we were all actually, most of us were in different spots. And uh, I I looked down at my phone, and I had 127 text messages. And um, so I I, I, I said to Brock, I said, either something really good or something really bad has just happened. And um, and so Brock and I were in like a close vicinity, but not the other guys were were all separate. And so it was it was just I think it's one of the most overwhelming feelings. I don't even think like I personally knew how to process it. Just um, when you actually think about the fact that it's a number one song across the country, um, it's it's hard to really get your mind around that and and the support. It's very very humbling. But we uh, <laughs> we always like to to think of um, unique ways of doing things. So we hopped up into the pro till 
and uh, wrote the word lost in the in the field um, with a pro till and captured it on a drone and that's how we we celebrated and then had a big barbecue with our families so it was um it was definitely a, a moment we're not going to forget it's such a hunter brothers way to celebrate it too right <laughs> <laughs> talking with ty hunter of the hunter brothers uh okay so do you like you're an athlete uh, you know your your family of course being athletes and they always say that they don't read what is said in the press but do you follow along and track what your songs are doing in the charts um, you definitely keep an eye on it, but I think uh, we've, we've been given a lot of advice um, when, when we were kind of stepping into the industry. Um, people told us not to get lost in that. Uh, oh, get lost in that. Uh, <laughs> didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I, I think we, we were really advised not to focus on that because it can drain a lot of the joy out of uh, what you're doing if you're just focused on where it's going to be hitting on the charts or, or what it's going to achieve. I, th- I think you make the music that um, is true to you and you enjoy it and you enjoy the process and you let people connect um, as as it happens. And if it so happens that a song does really connect in that way, I mean, it's, it's an incredible feeling, but you just kind of take it as it comes. Otherwise, you can become just more success oriented than really enjoying life. So after hitting number one, is there a point where excitement switches to kind of, Oh my goodness, we've hit number one. Now we have to kind of do it again. Is there a point where excitement turns into a a little bit of stress? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a human response for sure. Just being a hundred percent honest, but at the same time, um, I think, you know, there's so many different angles because you can't, you can't get caught up in that because, um, again, you, you don't know ultimately what's going to happen and certain songs just will connect more or less or they'll connect with certain people or, you know, for a, a certain season of your life, you're going through something specific and, and that unfolds, you know, a certain side of your story that may not be um, something that flies as much on radio. You know, on radio, there's so many, there's so many different angles um, to approach music by. And so obviously you hope that it does well. But again, I think it's really... The, the key is music is um, in many ways about connectivity. It is about entertainment as well. But um, I think music is something that really brings people together at the end of the day. And it's the opportunity to share your perspective on life and, um, and, and people connect with that. And so I think um, at the end of the day, that connectivity is what's, what's most important. Um, and if that speaks to someone or it resonates with someone in whatever capacity, I think that's where, you know, it comes full circle and, and means a tremendous amount. The second single off the album State of Mind is Northern Lights. And, uh, you know, you slow it down a little bit. You really focus uh, and showcase your vocals and, and beautiful harmonies, beautiful music behind it. Was it a band decision to maybe slow it down a little bit and do more of a ballad than a upbeat party tune? You know, we have... We, we always hash our next single out. Um, <laughs> it just has to happen, right? And, I mean, there's five of us, so um, everybody's a contributor. We actually have some, some processes when we're even selecting songs for the record where JJ will get out a spreadsheet and we have to list our top picks from, like, 1 to 10, and then we compile it all together and, and figure out, uh, you know, which one lands on top. This one was definitely one we had to talk a lot about. And we had released a lot of up-tempo songs for quite some time. You know, Born and Raised was up-tempo. Those Are the Nights was up-tempo. Lost was up-tempo. And we were really feeling um, with, our, with our team and our management even that we needed to switch things up sonically a little bit. Um, and so we, it wasn't necessarily that it needed to be 
um, a slower song, but this Northern Lights was the song on the record that really, really uniquely showcased all five vocal parts. Mm-hmm. And when we sat down to write the song, um, it actually took two writing sessions to get it where we wanted it to be. Um, from a message standpoint, you know, the Northern Lights being something that we grew up with um, in in Canada, but also that message, it wasn't just about Northern Lights. It was about, you know, it turned into a tribute to our families. Um, and if you've seen the video, um, that was something we really wanted to showcase because no matter where you are in the world, when you're traveling as much as you are, um, you know, your, your family, um, you know, when they're back at home, like, like we talked about, um, there's nothing quite like coming home to them. And so when you found that person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you know, as amazing as things like the Northern Lights are, the beauty that you get to experience in life, um, nothing quite surpasses that moment. Um, and so we wanted to make, you know, we wanted to have that tribute moment to our families as well and showcase um, the fact that all five of us do sing um, because that's a part of who we are. You know, we are a band, but we also grew up singing so much vocal-based music and we all wound up with different ranges somehow. You know, Dusty's up in the stratosphere and Brock's in the basement and everybody else is in between. And so I think there were just a number of reasons why we felt like this was really important for people getting to know who we were um, on a number of levels. We're so excited for Howl at the Moon. Country 107 is presenting the event at the end of uh, July, the 25th through the 27th. Hunter Brothers are going to be performing on the Friday night ahead of Dean Brody, which has got to be pretty surreal for you to be on the bill with him, eh? Absolutely, yeah. You know, Dean is one of our label mates, and we've listened to him on the radio for years and uh, from our tractor cabs and combine cabs and um, you know, he's an incredible artist and incredible guy and um, writes from the heart. And we, we truly respect him. And it's just an honor to be um, at the at the event uh, with him. And we just can't wait to see everybody there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So before uh, I just got two more before we close out here, uh, Ty, when you look back to when you broke your femur and, and you think about how <laughs> and you think about how wow, you. Wow, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> you it, did some, some diving there. Well, I hope it's like, well, when you think back to when you broke your leg there and, uh, you know, how you felt and what you were thinking at that time, if you could go back as Ty Hunter now to that moment, what would you say to yourself? Wow, I've never been asked that before in my life. Um, I know it's a big question, eh? And immediately after breaking it or like a week <laughs> after breaking it? <laughs> well, well I'm, gonna, I'm assuming you felt a little low at the time. <laughs> so maybe when, you were, maybe when you were down, you know, what would you say to yourself now if you could? Oh, man. Um, I think... I think one of the things that comes to mind, and I remember actually learning this through that experience, was um, I recognized how much people cared for me um, because, you know, you it's a teenage years are a weird time of your life. Um, and when I snapped my femur, the amount of support that came around me, my, my actually it was at a family reunion, and uh, JJ orchestrated getting everybody together and writing a book. Um, and, and he called it T. Jones the Iron Man. So T. Jones is my nickname, and then my, my uh, and then it spawned another nickname, which was Iron Man, because I have a 16-and-a-half-inch titanium rod in my right leg now. And uh, everybody compiled just a bunch of thoughts together, um, and I still actually have that book. And so I think um, one of the things that comes to mind is um, trust the people that care for you um, and trust the people that love you. Um, I think in the moment, especially when you're younger, you don't always see the entirety of that. But as life has progressed in the last 10 years, because it's been, yeah, it's been an entire 10 years since that happened, you get to see 
um, the people who invest in your life and who care about you that you don't always see the full scope of at the time um, actually unfold. And so just trust the process and trust the people that care for you. Yeah, that's what I would probably say. Okay, I got one more hard one before a softball, okay? Okay, all uh, right. That, that, was, that, was, that was deep. <laughs> uh, El Dorado, it came out in 2016, and I'm sure you'd uh, never have guessed you guys would be to where you are now. So I got to ask, if you look forward five years, where do you see the Hunter Brothers? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I think all five of us have different dreams and goals and aspirations um, with the entire process. I, I don't know exactly where that is in five years um, because we do have you know five different guys it's not just one person's dreams it's it's all five of them coming together so I mean we we always try and shoot for the stars um, and I think it's, it's really hard to say I mean I just I just hope that the music keeps resonating with people and that it connects and um, you know it was cool one of our dreams was to perform across um, all the stadiums uh, that the guys had played hockey in in their professional hockey careers um, with microphones in their hands instead of um, instead of hockey sticks, and so we've hit a few of those milestones. But I think even even growing and expounding upon that more, and uh, just connecting with as many people as we can across the globe, and um, yeah, just hoping that it keeps to keeps building and growing. I mean, I, like I said, I, there's a lot of different goals on the list. We'd have to be here for a while <laughs> to actually go through all of them. We did a Blue Jays game too, right? We did, yeah, yeah. We played Country Day there, and we did the the home opener um, national anthems, yeah. um, which was a huge honor. Yeah, um, all right, so that was pretty cool. Ty, we'll wrap up with this. We'll give you a softball. Howl at the Moon is coming up July twenty fifth through twenty seventh. It's an incredible lineup. Hunter Brothers are going to be performing as well. What can fans expect from a Hunter Brothers show if they've never seen you before? And what song are you most looking forward to playing live on the on that uh, weekend at Howl at the Moon? I think people can just look forward to a lot of energy. We like to keep it up-tempo um, almost the whole time. Um, so a lot of brotherly banter, lots of harmonies, lots of energy. Um, we might even throw a backflip in there somewhere. And, uh, yeah, I think just a lot of interaction between us as brothers and uh, with the crowd. So come ready to party and have a good time. And um, favorite song, and I'm really excited to sing Lost, I think, across the festival circuit um, because uh, we haven't, since it's um, since it hitting number one, um, we haven't uh, hit the festival scene yet. So I think I'm excited to, to sing that one along with everybody who's been supporting the song and, and coming out to the shows. Ty, we can't thank you enough for taking some time for us today. Such great, insightful answers, and we can't wait to see you at Howl at the Moon. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks so much, Dave, for having me. Really appreciate the intentionality and the, the time you took today.